Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to our weekly edition of 52 Players. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the Alessi brothers. Uh, just what a career these guys have had. And uh, it's been a long career. And for young guys, they've been around a long time. And uh, Billy and Bobby are Long Island natives. We're very proud of that. And they have figured out a way to make a, a, a career out of their talent in many different ways. Very creative uh, how they went about it. And by, by the way, a lot of jingle writing, you know, backup sessions, um, their own albums. Absolutely thrilled to have Billy and Bobby Alessi. How are you guys? Great. Good. Good. Great. Thank- Frank, thank, um, this is Billy. Yep. And um, thank you so much for having us. Well, listen, I'm thrilled to have you. And, uh, Billy, let me start with you. Um, the, the two of you have had, had some career. I, I heard a rumor, and this maybe I'm misremembering, but it all started for you guys in a like a record booth, almost like what Elvis did, you know, where he, but you guys couldn't even reach the, the, uh, the, the coin thing, and you needed some passerby, a lady or somebody or a guy. Uh, is is first of all is that true? And if it is, uh, give me a little background on that. It, it's absolutely true. I was we we consider that our first record, but it was like a phone booth that you put in thirty five cents, twenty five cents, in an arcade on one hundred and sixteenth Street in wow. Rockaway Beach. Unbelievable. And we couldn't reach the button, the, the start button, to record. No, we couldn't put the quarter in, Billy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we were about six or seven, so, you know, it's a little foggy. Bobby remembers better than I do. <laughs> I, you know, I got I, I I've got admiration for any six and seven year olds that uh, that are thinking of doing that. You know, it, by the way, it's it's one thing just to play every game that's there in the arcade and and do all of that. But you you guys were gonna you guys were set to sing. You guys were ready to go. Bobby, let me turn to you uh, uh, for okay. a moment. But uh, how well do you guys remember? You're identical twins. Uh, do you have the uh, identical memory? You know, you know, Frank, it's really funny. Billy remembers certain things that I don't remember, and I remember things that he doesn't remember, because a lot of times he'll say, we'll be ha- hanging out, working on music, whatever, and I'll say, remember that time we were with Andy Gibbs? And he, um, I said, no, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, you don't yeah. remember that? <laughs> you were there. Let, let, let me test Bobby right now. Bobby, do you, do you remember the name of the song we recorded when we were sick? Hallelujah, Baby. All right. Good. <laughs> Very good. Why? Well, listen, how, how early was it and and let me and let me address this to Billy. How early was it before you figured out? You know what? We can make a living out of this. And uh, it, you must have had a parent that was very supportive uh, because you couldn't do what you did at such a young age uh, as successfully without a little uh, adult supervision. Yeah, uh, we. You know, first of all, we loved music, and we both learned how to play guitar via a. a a record that we bought called Sea Bottle um, Guitar Method. And then uh, I I really wanted to play the keyboard. And, you know, our parents weren't loaded or anything, so we, we had to start with very crude stuff. My first keyboard was an Emini organ my aunt gave us. Also, Frank, uh, here's Bobby. I, I remember, you know, when we were really young, my father used to take us to work with him <clears throat> during the summer. And... um it was flooring business, and we'd be on the floor, sanding the floor, and he'd say, are you enjoying this? And I'd say, honestly, no. <laughs> and he'd say, and he said to us, 
find something you like to do and do that for a living. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was good advice. I tell my kids the same thing, and and and, um, but I do enjoyable things for a living, so I, it's not exactly the same thing. And I, I'll tell you what, I, I've I've been impressed with you guys for so long for figuring out different ways of of making a living in in the business, and and really shining with it. And uh, Bobby, let me stick with you for a moment. Uh, the jingles. I'm when did the jingles all? Actually, wait. Let, let's let's go in order. Bobby, what was the first big break? If you want to call it uh, call it that. Okay. Cliche. What was the first big break? I, I'll I'll try and make this as short as I can. But Billy and I went to um, after high school, we enrolled in Nassau Community College, and you look at all the courses, math, geography, you know, and but there was one drama, and we said, oh, that sounds like fun. You know, get on the stage, and we so we, we both entered the drama class. And the first day of the drama class, the, the drama teacher said, "Okay, I want everyone in this class. There's about 25 of us. Whoever thinks that they're going to ever get paid for acting, get it out of your head right now. Nobody in this class will ever be paid for your acting. Yeah, wow. Broadway, anything like yeah. that. Yeah. And then within two weeks, uh, Billy and I auditioned for the Broadway cast of Hair, and we got in. We got both got accepted, and we had to go in front of the class and tell them that we had a we had to leave the class because we're going to get paid for acting. <laughs> we don't belong here. Wow! Did but you that ever, was our first big break. Yeah. Hey, Billy, let me jump to you. Did you ever go back to that teacher after that first time, and uh, once every everything started kicking in for you guys, did you ever go back to that teacher and say just just a reminder? We, we kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, we were young. We were very young. And, but but we. You know, it was the first time I realized that you don't don't listen to everything that people tell you. Yeah. You know? But we we wound up writing music for the school plays for the Nassau community plays. We were writing music, so yeah, they were very aware of us. You know, they tapped into us right away. They said, "We we have a play, and we want to. Would you guys write the music and perform music?" And, and we did that for a while. Just, uh, but anyway, the way we cross-faded into the jingles was um, there was a, a jingle company. A, a guy, uh, David Lucas, had this very successful jingle company. Um, and we'd go and hang out there in between shows and stuff. And, uh, yeah, and one, yeah, for our songs. And then one day he came up to us and said, hey, you guys, what do you think about writing this commercial for? It's for a contact cold medicine, and we need kind of like a Beach Boy version. We said, yeah, we can do that, and we did it. It was a big hit, and then before we knew it, we were full-time into the jingles, and for a, lo a long time, and Billy and I were very very successful at it, uh, almost to a fault. <laughs> let me interrupt to remind the folks uh, who are joining us a little late or just turning on their radios a little late. Frank McKay here, but much more importantly, Billy and Bobby Alessi, or Bobby and Billy Alessi, uh, identical twins uh, from Long Island who, who did such big things and continue to do such big things, and what a career these guys have had. Very talented guys, and, uh, you know, what a, what thank, a career. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, you could look at, at you guys – and 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 just say, well, here, here are a bunch of different ways to make a living in in entertainment. And and Billy, let me let me jump back to you. 
just uh, just for a moment here, uh, a lot of big names that you've uh, that you've come across, and um, you guys just mentioned Andy Gibb and uh, and you know different people. But I mean, uh, John and Yoko. Uh, who was the first real big star you remember uh, appreciating you guys and appreciating your talent, Billy? I, I would say it was um, Barbara Streisand. No, I think it was Frankie Valley. Oh yeah, Frankie. Frankie's a good yeah, he he recorded our songs. He loved our songwriting. We became very good friends with him. We still are. In fact, when we go to see him play, I, I go to see him at Westbury um, Music Fair at that, that theater and around. And he always has Bobby and I stand up. You know, guys, there's two special people. He's a very sweet guy. Hey, anyway. Bo- hey, Bobby. He was the first one. Yeah, uh, Bobby, yep. uh, Billy mentioned Barbara Streisand. How soon after that did, I, I mean, you're talking about monsters. I mean, these guys are giants. Uh, you know, every I, 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 could li- I could run off a, a bunch of giants that you guys, uh, you know, were appreciated by, people that did your songs. Uh, how, how soon after Frankie Valli, Bobby, did, uh, uh, did uh, Streisand uh, get a hold of you guys? Uh, I'd say within a year, uh but we were already singing on on lots of people's records. Um, Talk off it, Funko, and we, and we got we also got invited to to create a song for the Ghostbusters movie, Saving the Day. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm jumping around a little no, bit. That was Phil Ramone. Think, did, think, did Phil Ramone? Do yeah, that? Phil Ramone. Phil Ramone was a fan of ours. No kidding! Wow. Um, and he would um, yeah, Phil Ramone's the one who got us in, into uh saving uh, the Ghostbusters Milky movie. Night. But but actually, going back a little bit, after we were in the Broadway cast of Hair, we met Pepe Castro and formed this band called Barnaby Bai, which was very big on Long Island. And um, uh, that was, that one thing led to another, and then we got signed by A&M Records, and uh, it, it seemed like, you know, things just kept coming along. Yep. I, you know, honestly, uh, really, uh, what a, a storybook career you mentioned frankie valley uh, he's uh, everything i've ever heard of Fra- I, I met him once at uh, like a party just hi goodbye type thing but everything i've ever heard about frankie valley is uh is is generous and and gracious and and everything yep. else and uh and billy go- going back to you for a second uh the uh, you know the attention of somebody like that, of somebody like Frankie Valley, and uh, you know, and him being the first one. Uh, were you thinking to yourself, and were you talking amongst the two of you that uh, that hey, this is it, this is what really launches us here? And you're already doing some things and some some good things, but did the Frankie Valley moment it, was that a moment? Was that a what was that a big point where you looked you at each what? other and said, hey, we're taking off? It's funny, Frank, because Frankie Valley became a friend first, you know, and he came to all our sessions because Bob Gordio was producing one of our albums, and he, of course, Bob Gordio was one of the original Four Seasons. He wrote all Frank wrote all Frankie's songs, so they they were very close as as it was. But but we um, we would go to dinner at Frankie's house in Beverly Hills, and then and we'd bring him some demos, and, and he'd sit there like, oh wow. Oh wow! I'm going to record this one. I'm going to, you know, it, it was uh, it was amazing. He was, but you know, it, it took getting away from it and realizing what a big star he was, especially when um, Barry Gibb grabbed him to sing "Grease" is the word, you know, that for that movie. And uh, Frankie said, "Yeah, I'm working with Barry Gibb, and we love the Bee Gees." And we went, "You're kidding!" 
and he's playing us the demos. And I went, holy Michael, Frankie, you're a big, you're a big shot, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, Greece anyway. was the biggest thing uh, in the world for that, you know, that summer and that that, that whole year, really. I mean, it was just, it was gigantic. Yep. Bobby, let me uh, let me jump back to you, and uh, uh, let me remind folks once again, Bill, Billy and Bobby, Bobby and Billy, however you want to uh, lay it out. <laughs> the Alessi brothers. The Alessi brothers, the twin brothers uh, who, who have put together a monster career. I mean, uh, really, what a career. And a lot of people, I, I'm, I'm telling you, a lot of people, uh, who who know you or picked up on you early followed you and they always followed through and you know and, and some people treat you guys Bobby o- almost like you're a little uh, like a secret uh, of theirs but you yeah, obviously not you know I mean you got so many people but you you have flown under the radar screen at least to uh, to some parts of the general public but when they start reading who you worked with and who you sang for and who sang your songs and whatever uh, you got to look back you got to be very proud of yourselves. Yeah, we were um, just on uh, Sirius Radio on the Beatle, Beatle Channel because of, of our involvement with Paul McCartney and John Lennon, you know, on different projects. Um, and they said, uh, Dennis Kelsa, I forget what it was. Dennis Elsa. Elsa, he said, uh, he said, you know, I was always under the impression that you guys were like a one-hit wonder. He said, but you look at your background, he said, you guys had your fingers in everything. You've been all over the, the, the spectrum, so it's a great compliment. Yeah. Well, hey, talk, B- Bobby. Uh, while you're mentioning the Beatles, uh, I, you know, I, I I can't imagine a bigger uh, duo to to work with, but separately, which is uh, highly unusual too, right? I mean, it's not like you know you were around back in the in the heyday and and you worked with the two of them at one time but you worked with them on separate projects and and yeah. to me that's almost bigger <laughs> that's a, that's almost a uh, a harder possibility of of coming across who first Lennon or McCartney it was Lennon first and that was through uh, Phil Ramone he, um Milton Honey album yeah we, we he wanted us to do backgrounds on that album which we did hey billy, billy then, what uh, about uh, paul Paul McCartney, when did uh, when did you pick up and when did he pick up on you? You guys connect with him. Well, Paul um, was re- remixing his album. This when they all the uh, I, I, when, when, hip hop. No, dance, dance, dance was big. big. Dance uh, and he, his song "No More Lonely Nights." He wanted us to uh, make a dance version of that, and he gave us his master, which was amazing. An eight-track eight master, which we had, we had to bake it to, uh, you know, because it's they're so old. When it's when it's that old, you you can't just put them on a machine and play them because the uh, the acetate comes off the tape. So you, you got to bake them, and then you can play it once and capture what whatever's on the tape, and then use it. And that's what we did. But we wound up using Paul's voice, basically only his voice, and we 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 did everything else. And what's the title of the album? I forget, Billy. Do you remember? Um, that was No More Lonely Nights was Art Cut. Yeah. They, they had um, people who remixing from all, all over the world, and they, about, I think about 10 tracks. This is when Linda was still alive. Let me, let me ask you about, uh, about the two of them. Did you, did you hear, I'm, I'm sure you said to Paul, um, you know, we just worked with John, as you know. What, did that come up, uh, or was it a, just a, a no-no? You don't you don't talk about the other one in in front of the yeah. Other no, one? I, you don't do that, especially um, 
John and um, Paul were were not like best of friends right then, so we didn't want to like complicate so they things. Were, they were definitely trying to do their own thing, you know. So yeah. See, you guys we were small guys. Yeah, you, you were smart guys yeah. to stay away from that. You knew, I, I guess you knew that instinctively, or did somebody like Phil Ramone say, hey, uh, do yourself a favor, don't, uh, don't, don't. No, yeah. no we, we know. No, it, it was understood. Yeah, and when, when, you, when you're working with royalty like that, you don't offer any anything other than what they want. they want to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, listen. Yeah, I, we, were, we were so flattered to be able to, do anything like that we just wanted to do a great job we weren't going to rock the boat or anything or stir up the um we went to his house in the city that was cool yeah hey uh let me ask you uh, bobby i'll stick with you on this uh let me ask you about yoko what was uh, yoko like to work with oh boy you should probably, you should probably ask billy because he does her very well <laughs> uh, go ahead yeah, yeah let me hear you know she did this album with with, with yeah. john and he was in the studio and we were working with Phil Ramone doing some, I thought, some really great backgrounds and stuff. And he walked in and she says to me, uh, this song, I think the backgrounds should be like a frying elephant. I said, a what? Oh. And body was flying elephant. <laughs> oh, of course, a flying elephant. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> a frying elephant. No, it was very strange. Wow. Yeah, well, flying out Dumbo, like Dumbo, you wanted to uh, fly out. Yeah. the only flying elephant yeah. I know of. But, uh, well, hey, well, listen, it's, uh, you know, you talk about it, uh, whether I know Beatle fans uh, have uh, serious mixed feelings with Yoko, but, I mean, boy, they, uh, uh, they're part of history and they're part of royalty. And, uh, you know, John and Paul, obviously, uh, the, the kings. Uh, by the way, I, I mean, the two of them, if you think about it, and, you know, I'm a big Beatles fan, like, you know, so many people listening and so, like you guys, I'm sure. But that's, you know, that's like working with, uh, you know, Mozart and Beethoven of, uh, of exactly. our. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, well put, Frank. Yeah. Let, let me. Uh, best writers of all time. Yeah. Well, let me. Yeah. Let me just uh, remind folks once again, uh, the Alessi brothers uh, are our very special guests. Thrilled to have them. And uh, just what a career they have put together. Tons of talent, uh, lots of smarts there, and, uh, you know, just a lot, lot of charisma. And they, you know, listen, they had a wonderful career uh, as themselves, but uh, they got creative, and, uh, and they did a lot of collaborations. Thanks, and thanks, people did thanks, their Frank. songs. And really one of, you know, one of the smartest set of twins that you'll ever meet in uh, in your lives and uh, hey by the way I, I always ask twins this and we we got we got about a minute before we, we take a quick break uh B billy let me ask you this uh twins uh do they have their own special language do you, <laughs> did you guys ever develop anything like that as real little kids yes. or is that a myth yes when we did our first album with bones how he, he said to us we'd be at the microphone and bobby would go all right this track you'll go and and um and I said now do the uh, and and he said yeah and in Bones house and what just happened? <laughs> we, just, said, yeah. we, we, we just decided what part yeah, we're gonna say next. Just roll the tape down, Bones. <laughs> and he he was he was amazed at that. That he said you guys would say just a few words and you knew exactly what the rest of the sentence was gonna be. So uh, just yeah, that uh, was interesting. Yeah, I, so, yes, that's another, that's true. <laughs> another another um, highlight in our career, I must say, is. 
we've toured all over the world, you know, Japan and all over Europe and England. But um, we got to tour with Andy Gibb, and we were such Bee Gees fans. And we got to, you know, hang out with the, the brothers. The whole family. Yeah, yeah the whole family. But um, that was a wonderful thing. Royalty and, uh, there, too. I mean, that's more really. royal. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, uh, break here with, with the Alessi brothers, and uh, you're listening to 52 Players. Frank McKay here with Bobby and Billy Alessi. And, uh, again, what a career. We'll talk about their new song, which is, is absolutely terrific. Um, just, All right. They're, they're just absolutely great. When we come back right after this with the Alessi brothers, Frank McKay, Breaking It Down, we'll be back right after this. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the very talented Alessi brothers, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have them. And what a career these guys have had. And uh, you, you talk, you mentioned Beatles, everyone from Harry Styles, uh, Andy Gibb, the, the, the Bee Gees. If you did the six degrees of the Alessi brothers, I, it would put Kevin <laughs> Bacon to shame. And it's uh, music <laughs> royalty like you wouldn't believe. And uh, whether people, Frankie Valli, uh, Barbara Streisand, whether they are people that are doing their songs or they're doing their own songs, uh, their own band, um, acting, right, uh, stage work. Uh, we mentioned hair in the first part. But absolutely thrilled to have these guys. And if anybody's trying to make it in the entertainment business and, uh, and, and you're, you're trying from scratch, just study these guys. I mean, they've figured out so many different ways to make money, to, uh, to gain respect, and all the time just to build this body of work that is, uh, th that is so enviable. It, it's just unbelievable. But Bobby, Billy, welcome back. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, let me let me go into uh, the latest here because I, I I've listened to your your new song. And I'm gonna let you guys describe it, Billy. Let me let me start with you, and uh, it's terrific. Actually, everything you guys do is uh, it, you you really uh, you've you've nailed it. We always hit it out of the park. Tell us about your latest single. Well, you know we've been producing Billy J. Kramer, who's um, managed by Brian Epstein, who managed the Beatles. So he was. Grew up with them, you know, they, before they even hit, they would all hang out together, and John and Paul would write songs for Billy. In fact, he had a couple of hits from, they, they actually, do you want to know a secret, they gave to Billy first, and then after a while, they, they let George Harrison sing it on their album, because he, he hadn't been writing yet. But uh, Billy recorded one song that he never released, and it was Lennon McCartney, and he gave me a tape from Abbey Road Studios, and he said, listen to this. He said, this is, you can hear John Lennon making fun of me and laughing in the studio. And, and, and he said, this is Abbey Road. And Bobby and I were such avid Beatle freaks, as, as many people are. We, we, I, I took this and I went, oh, my God, it's like getting a, a peek into the past. And one day I was at Bobby's house. We were working on our, our current album, Eden Rock, which uh, we are just releasing. And I said to Bobby, we were almost done with the album. I said, oh, yeah, Bobby, I got this this tape in my pocket that Billy gave me. It's, it's something that Lennon McCartney wrote, was never released. And he, Bobby said, are you out of your mind? You've been carrying that around for two weeks and you didn't play it for me? So we uh, sat down. And I, I said, we have to record it. We have to record this. Yeah. So we actually put the banter from the studio in, in Abbey Road 
on the front of our recording, and then we went and we, we re-recorded the Lennon McCartney song, yeah. I'm In Love. Yeah, John Lennon was giving Billy J. Kramer a hard time because he was having trouble learning the song, and um, the engineer <laughs> pressed the talk back and said, Billy, you're welcome to come to the Beatles session on Thursday and yell at John all you want. <laughs> I love that love part. That you know, I, I've had Billy Billy on my show and on my my TV show in the past. He, he's such a he's a history lesson. You're talking about uh, Billy J. Kramer, um, yeah. You know, and what he was, you know, part of the uh, the British invasion, but uh, uh, the Brian uh, Epstein uh, uh, connection there. But uh, you know, everything with him and. Uh, and the Beatles, and you have to imagine, you have to imagine, uh, you know, and, and John Lennon had a little bit of a, uh, you know, and, and I never met him, unfortunately, but he definitely had, he had a side to him, you know, he had, like he had a yeah. sharp streak to him, and I could see him picking on a guy like Billy Jay, having the same manager, you know, being from the same area, and all of that, and, and boy, if you were having a hard time getting a song done, and, and John Lennon was in a certain mood, I, I could imagine him being very, uh, very sharp. Oh, yeah. Yep. Very clever, and very uh, sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just anytime I talk Beatles, I, I just, I, I just, I, 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 I could just go on and on forever. I could just imagine uh, what stands out. Let me ask you this. You, and Bobby, I'm going to go to you. you. You've been around so many legendary folks. And, and you know, again, let's remember Streisand. I mean, we, we just kind of pass over her. But the, the Gibbs, the Gibb brothers, uh, you know, in royalty, you talk about a, a royal family of, uh, of music. Uh, Lennon, McCartney. Peter, Peter Frampton. Frampton. Uh, I mean, all of these guys, these these folks. Phil Ramone, another legend pr producer. I mean, just an Art Garfunkel. Yeah, uh, just uh, amazing. But let me ask you this: Do you see a common thread in successful people? And you could, you know, the, throw the two of you in there. You've had great success. But is there a is there a common trait to these people that you could notice upon working with them, uh, or is it uh, is is that Everyone is it random in your mind, and uh, all these people have nothing in common with each other. Or is there a trait you can notice? You know what? I, I, this Billy, I'd like to answer that. I, I'd say that you know what? As much as there's a, this big cloud around people, and if you might see the award shows and there people making a fuss, basically when they're one on one with you, they're regular people. I mean, they have insecurity just like anybody else. I, I noticed. I noticed this, Bobby. I noticed one difference right away. When when you had like a like a megastar, they always had much nicer cars and better hotel rooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but, but that's it. Down, down to earth. If, if you get in in a room along with them, they're they're regular people. It's just a big fuss around them that makes them seem like they're um, superhuman. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, we were working with we we were working with Christopher Cross on. Um, uh, our fourth, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, our fifth album or something like that, a long time ago. And um, Chris had just won like six Grammys and was making money faster than he could po possibly count it. And I remember he bought uh, an M1. It, it's a it's a racing car. They only made 500 of them. It's a BMW M1. And um, he was all excited. We're recording in Texas, and he's on the phone every five minutes going, did it come in? Did it come in? The car was coming into San Diego, the docks. And when it came in, some savvy Arabian or some super, yeah. super rich guy went and bought the car 
which was caused like $250,000. Like I probably offered three fifty right then and there, and, and they took it. So they said, "We sorry, Chris, we sold your car. And he was so upset that he called up in England and he bought three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, it, yeah, listen, yeah. it's nice. Uh, nice thing. Let me... Uh, let me remind everyone of who they're listening to. Uh, you're listening to uh, the Alessi uh, brothers, uh, just a tremendous career in the music and entertainment business and uh, what uh, talented people and down-to-earth guys. And, I, you know, I, I have a friend who followed these guys kind of closely. You know, they never met, but I have a friend, and he said, uh, ask them if you ever talk to them. And this is way before I even, you know, even got their name in a, uh, in a letter from uh, Rick Ebley, right, the, pro, uh, the, the publicist. Um, he said, ask them about Japan because they, they had a tremendous following in Japan and pockets of Europe. Uh, and, and they're even more well-known in certain areas of Asia than they are here. And, I, you know, I don't know whether this guy knows what he's talking about or not, but I'm going to ask you right now, uh, Billy. Uh, g- give us a little bit about yeah. Japan. Um, it's it's an amazing country. It's so crowded and so packed, and the people are so polite to each other. That that's what I found amazing. That it could be shoulder to shoulder in trains and stuff, and still be very polite. As in New York, you know, you're lucky you don't get hit in the head with something. Yeah, we went when we first time we went to went to Japan. We um got out of the plane at the airport. And there were a million fans, and we were like, Who, "Who's on the plane?" And they said, "You are." Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Oh wow! I mean, just think yeah. about that. They were great, know? and the road crew were great people. And the, the one thing that was funny, we played Sun Plaza, which is a big concert place, and we we got you know we're all dressed ready to go on the stage, and we're walking. They they say you're on. We're coming on. We had an opening act. They went off, and we're waiting. And we expect, you know, you go out, you hear crowds. You could hear a pin drop. Yeah, they, they don't make. Yep. We're being polite and just sitting quietly waiting for. We had to get on stage. And, Come on, stand up. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you walk, you walk on stage like, is anybody out there? Because with all the lights, you really can't. They say that's sold out. <laughs> really. That's terrific. Yeah, I, they're very polite people. Nice as can be, but we, and, we uh, they, they worked you very hard over there. We would tour six weeks at a time. In fact, when we got in, when we got out of the plane, we got into this limousine. The limousine was filled with about six. It was a big stretch. Six um of journalists, journalists yeah, people that were just doing an interview, and they were taking turns asking us, "What's your favorite color?" You know, stuff like that. You know, what, do you, what foods do you like to eat? How old were you when you first started playing the guitar? Yeah. And then the, the limousine, we'd be done, and we'd go, okay, great, we've been talking for go, 20 go, minutes. Go around the whole car, do interview, everybody had a tape recorder in their hand, and the car would pull over to the side, and there were other they, cars behind They all get out. They all get out, and a whole bunch of more people, other people would get in with their little tape recorders. Yeah, yeah they're so organized. They'd have it planned that at this point in the trip, these people would be standing next to a, a hotel that they'd pull up. They'd get, the other people get out. These new people would get in. Oh, they were, cars, to, they were cars following us. And then we, yeah. it's a, a pretty long drive from the from the airport. And uh, we get to the hotel. We figured, okay, thank God. Now we can go up and chill out in our room. We get into the hotel, and there's like a whole big conference room with a million people all with a little tiny tape recorder. <laughs> when you first, yep. first start playing guitar. Yep. 
But really? uh, it also, one thing I really like, which we got spoiled, every time we went to a TV station or, or a radio station, the first thing, you know, of course they all bow and everything, but they'd come out with a present, a wrap, like like Christmas or your birthday. And yeah. we opened it up, it'd be a Seiko World Watch, you know, they, they had great electronics over there. And and, and, the, and the fans, the, the, the fans, remember the girls? They would all make little dolls of us. We had, yeah. I think I, I, I'm in my studio right now. I'm looking at a couple of them. But they would like, they'd pick an album cover and make a little doll with that outfit on, you know. Well, the origami, uh, they'd make us a thousand little birds, you know, thousands. <laughs> we had to actually rent another hotel room just to put all the gifts. I, I'm serious about that. We had no, no room in our, on, in our rooms in, our, in Tokyo. You know, I so, I just I just texted a, a friend of mine, a different guy actually, and he, he knew a lot about you. And I texted him beforehand. Uh, he said, "Don't don't forget to re- uh, announce them as Clio Award winners." And I said, "I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Did, I, did you you guys won Clio awards? Clio's, Addies, a lot of awards." Okay, yeah, but Clio. I, I mean, it, people should understand what what Clio is, right? And and how great it is for an artist, especially well-rounded. We artists. were nominated for a, a Grammy. You were nominated. What what were you nominated for? What song? Saving the day, on on Ghostbusters. Oh, no kidding. Oh wow! The first Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, that's right. So Phil Ramone, you got that connection to Phil Ramone. Boy, I, the late great Phil Ramone. I by yeah. the way, I, I remember one thing. I remember one thing that uh, that Phil Ramone said in a, in an interview somewhere, and it was about Billy Joel, and and I always remember this, and I always like repeat this to people, but they said, uh, he, he said, when when Billy Joel got something easy, when something easy came to Billy Joel, like a one take, uh, and and Phil Ramone said that was great, just perfect, don't don't touch it, if he if he got it too easy. He would be like, no, 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 I, I, I can get it better than that. And then the first time that he did that, Phil Ramone erased a perfectly perfect track, and they, oh, they did man. another 50, 60 tracks, and, and he never got it right. He didn't say what song it was, but uh, he said we never got it back to where it was as good as the first one. And he said, and what I learned after that is if he got it on the first time, I would always save it. And I wouldn't tell him. I would just save it and go to the next, you know, spot on that. You know, you got to figure two inch tape at that point, right? Go to the next spot, yep. and uh, and say, okay, don't worry, we erased it. Let's let's do the next one. And uh, and he said, you don't know how many times that saved me and saved great tracks for for Billy because he just he never nailed it like he nailed it on that that first one. Having said yeah. that, uh, what stands out with you about the the late great Phil Ramone and what? what uh, it, did he teach you anything that just sticks with you, or is it just kind of an overall presence that that you remember about him? I I think Phil. The thing about Phil is, and we work with him a lot. Was he he just let you? Yeah, let the talent come out. Yeah, he he would he, he didn't you know he he didn't really like try and mold you or anything. He just kept trying to capture it. Yeah, was, he, he was a hard-working guy. He, he was working on five albums at a time the whole time we knew him. Very, very busy. And I love the fact that we'd walk into work on something, and he he always had like a little side room, not not in the, the main studio. And you go in and you go, I'm hungry. You hungry? Should we order something to eat first? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you guys just said something, and I, and, and I kind of just uh, went by it, but uh, one more lonely night, 
by uh, by McCartney and and when you worked with him, no more lonely nights. No, 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 no more lonely nights. I'm sorry. Um, when you worked with McCartney on that, uh, you had you had one shot to uh, to record it, uh, not not record the song, but to to capture the uh, the, the the thing. And what did you say? You cooked it. You uh, you baked it. Yeah, you you have to you have to bake it at a certain temperature, and that softens up the acetate. So, that so it doesn't rattle off. Yeah, otherwise it, it, it flakes off as we ro- it's rolling past the recorded. So, I um, mean. Through the age, it becomes brittle. Yeah, we, and we did the same thing with um, uh, Saving the Day. We have, you know, over the years, we've gotten so many requests from people. There's so many, like, real diehard Ghostbusters fans. And they've over the years, they've said to us, Where's the version with the horns? Wow. And we're like, Horns? Hmm. And I remember we did several versions for uh, uh, Ivan Reitman. And one day I was cleaning out my my storeroom, and I came across a whole bunch of all the masters from Saving the Day, uh, from from Ghostbusters. And we took them to uh, Richie Canada. Richie Canada, and told him, "Do you know how to bake tapes?" And he said, "Yep, we do." And they they baked them and and got us all the masters. And then we released uh, a very successful CD called. Alessi Brothers saving the day. Every version there ever was. <laughs> put put all the versions on, and people are like, oh, I love this. Uh, it's just uh, yeah. you, you mentioned Big Ivan Bell. Reitman too, another <laughs> legend. I mean, uh, all of these guys. I and you mentioned the following that Ghostbusters has, and and let me just say this. I, I, I it, it's just it, it's it's amazing. But I had um, it was Ray Parker Jr. on uh, a couple of times, and every time he aired. I got texted from people like all over the place saying, "Hey, is he still there? I'd love to talk to him." There's like a cult following for Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, I mean it's like a huge cult following for the for that movie, and it's just I, I and and you know what I I should I should never admit this, but I've never seen it. I've never watched oh my God. a movie you can imagine. But I'm gonna go back tonight, and I'm gonna uh, I, I'm gonna watch it uh, in in uh, in honor people, of the people- Alessi brothers. Good. People tell me that when our song comes in, that's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Well, don't spoil it for me. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna actually. Watch it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I mean, it's like a cult following, like you wouldn't believe. Frank McKay here. We got a couple moments longer with the Alessi brothers. I'd love to have him for a part two and part three. What a career! And you try to sum up a career like this, and uh, God, we didn't even get into jingle writing, which is just uh, they mastered this and they they've made a fortune. I'm not going to ask them too too private a question, but boy, they made a fortune, I'm sure, off of these uh, off of these jingles. Two, but, two fortunes, two, two fortunes, <laughs> two fortunes, two fortunes <laughs> off of that. Just absolutely amazing career that these guys have had. Talented guys, uh, great guys. Thrilled to have them as Long Island natives on 52 players. Frank McKay here. A couple moments longer with Bobby and Billy Alessi. Let, let me let me go back to uh, let, let me go back to McCartney. I'm sorry to bombard you with Beatle questions here, but I'm sure you I'm sure you've heard it before. Um, Paul, Paul McCartney, the uh, the ability to work with him, the uh, the uh, time that you spent with Paul McCartney. Did he seem rushed? to you did he have a million projects going on um was he just focused on this was he laid back or was he revved up no he was pretty pretty laid back but super super busy he had a lot of he had a lot of stuff going on he he was surrounded with projects yeah yeah i just he'd be in la he'd come into new york and 
want to hear what we did. But, but he, he, he loved it. And Paul, Paul is a workaholic. Yeah, and which thank, I've heard, I've heard from other people too. Thank, thank God for us, he is. I mean, he's put out some, yeah. some of the greatest music of of all time, guys. I, let's you know. Let's go back to some of your uh, some of your most recent work here. Uh, it, it's 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 amazing. So many people get burnt out and they don't want to do anything, and uh, and you guys have had this sec- success. You could just kind of lay back, and uh, you, you're still putting out music. And uh, is there a lot of Alessi brother music that we haven't heard? Is there anything that's just yeah. kind of uh, vaulted away? There's a lot of it. Um, we, we have. We just put out our thirteenth album, um, and which is titled Eden Eden Rock, and uh, it was just released. Uh, it's got a lot of great songs on it. And Billy and I, you know, we we still write music all the time. You know, just like when we were sixteen, started writing songs, we're still doing the same thing. And uh, and we and fortunately for us, we can both still sing. You know, we have. We have friends that were in bands with us that were like amazing singers, and now they can't sing a note. Like, what happened? I don't know. Can't sing anymore. And also, because we do write a lot, a lot of songs, we write songs together. You know, Bobby gets a new guitar. He, he got this 12-string, and he he said, come on over. Let's write something. He starts playing around with the 12-string, and next thing we wrote a, a new song. And uh, then he got this baritone guitar. He said, come on over. We, we wrote a song for that. But the thing is that, imagine being, a, and I know you're a father, um, Frank. Yeah. Having 12 kids, and you only, you only can bring 10 on a trip with you. Which two do you kick out of the car? Wow. <laughs> That's the problem when we make an album. Yeah. Because they're all our, our, our children, you know? Oh, listen. Congratulations to both of you on an amazing career, still going strong. Hopefully, I can get you for a part two one of these days and follow Absolutely, up. we'd love anything. We'd be happy to come on. back. Love it. Uh, hey, Billy, uh, Bobby, we either one. G- give us a website or social media site, and, and also uh, the best way to hear the new stuff. Okay, there's a um, an official Alessi Brothers Facebook page. We also have a website. Uh, com, and there you can get a lot of our history and see a lot of our videos and if you go on to um, uh, Bobby Alessi um, YouTube channel you know, there's hundreds of videos and, and uh, you know lots of good stuff on there a lot of content uh, Billy the same you got the same socials and the same uh, same websites um, yeah well Ben Facebook and uh, all the YouTube stuff on Bobby Leslie's channel are yeah that that both of us. It, it, yeah I thrilled to talk to you guys real pleasure congratulations to both of you for just uh, you know an unbelievable unbelievable career and and again still going strong thank you very much for being here both of you thank you Frank thanks for having us Frank the Alessi brothers. Everyone, uh, the uh, identical twins. Can you imagine two guys coming out, uh, sharing a womb for, for nine months, coming out with that uh, this amount of talent, and what a career they've had. Really, just an amazing career, and it's a history lesson in, in how, to, uh, how to make a living in different ways in the music business, in the entertainment business. Stage, um, uh, just... Uh, 
you know, behind the scenes, in front of the camera. A huge following over in Japan, and, and I'd love to do an interview with these guys just on, on their popularity in Japan. It's, uh, it's tremendous. What a, uh, what a career. Frank McKay signing off. Long Island natives Billy and Bobby Alessi have been our very special guests, the Alessi brothers. And Thanks, Frank. Check out their latest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on 52 Players.